Hey everyone, it's Dr. J.D. Romick. Do you feel ashamed of what you're eating? And should you? Hey everybody, welcome back. It's J.D. Romick here with the George Fox Talks Body Edition. Following up with a little bit of a part two to our nutrition topic. So I opened it up with Kim Eppin in our third episode talking about chronic disease management and nutrition. And I felt like we were we were left wanting a little bit, uh, a, fewer, a few more morsels, if you will, on just what we should be eating, maybe some myths surrounding nutrition. And for this topic, I brought on Dr. Gabe Haberly. Welcome, Gabe. Thank you. Pleasure Gabe, to be here. Yeah. Gabe's a professor here at George Fox. He is a human physiology expert, I would say, uh, also on the topics of nutrition, fitness. He's a track coach here, as well as uh, one of the most disciplined and fit people I know. <laughs> but Gabe, give Jeez. us a, a little bit more about yourself. Um, yeah. So um, like JD mentioned, um, I'm a professor here in the physical therapy program. I teach applied physiology and a few other courses. Um, been around Fox for um, about 11 years now as a track coach. I also did football back in the day. And so I've kind of been, I've worn multiple hats, you know, mm-hmm. teaching undergrad graduates. Um, and yeah, I just, I really had a great experience in graduate school when I was getting my PhD with uh, taking biochemistry and really understanding a lot of the the physiology and the science behind a metabolism, which really impacts nutrition. And so that just brought me to a, a, just a, a really a spot where I was able to kind of put the pieces together. And yeah. it, and once you understand like a lot of like the, the cellular level mechanisms that are taking place, it just makes a lot of the strategies for nutrition and for health and just a lot easier to see. And, and especially just weeding through all just like the fads and like yeah. the, the information out there. That's just really, this isn't true. It's based on personal experience and not really on science. Yeah. I love that. And part of my inspiration for bringing you on here is yes, your knowledge. But number two, I felt like in the last nutrition podcast we had, I feel like I need to eat my words a little bit. <laughs> and I spoke about, you know, some of my top tips for, you know, making sure that you're eating the right things and putting yourself on a, a better path with your your nutrition choices. And one of my tips that I, I forgot to leave out the nuance was to eat less sugar. Mm. I tend to demonize sugar, mm. like much of the world now. I think our sh- sugar consumption has actually gone down in mm. the last 20 years, mm-hmm. probably surrounding a lot of the nutritional mm-hmm. advice and everything coming out that says eat less sugar and it, I left out the the fact that our our sugar consumption also goes hand in hand with overeating and mm-hmm. overconsumption. Mm-hmm. It's not just sugar alone mm-hmm. that is the bad guy, but sugar is a really palatable, mm-hmm. delicious thing to eat that can cause us to overeat, thus mm-hmm. resulting in higher body fat things that we that are less desirable for our physiology. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to throw that out there because. What I wanted to spell today are some common things that maybe the general public struggles with in mm. terms of nutrition. It's really hard. It is really hard, you know, and that's the thing about sugar. You mentioned it. Sugar comes in a lot of different forms, you know, and we consume sugar in different forms and our body processes it. And so if you look at just the most basic form of sugar, you have glucose and our, our bodies are going to process glucose in a certain way. And you also have fructose, you know, mm. I think the a big there's a big campaign against high fructose corn syrup which rightfully so and there's a there's a whole actual physiological 
reason for that and the way our body processes it it's a little bit different than glucose and so it actually promotes more um, fatty acid um, synthesis and storage and so but there's different forms of sugar and i think the the big thing that we that we struggled with thing for a number of years was just eating a lot of processed sugar mm-hmm. um, because it was just in everything you just couldn't avoid it it was it was really hard um, and so the nice thing about uh, the recent years we've gotten much better about taking that out making sure on labels it has different added sugars in there and so and really the sugar isn't the enemy it's mostly just we want to focus on natural sugars which come in our fruits and our vegetables and things like that would you say though that fruit regardless of source or excuse me sugar regardless of source whether it comes from a a fruit or from table sugar mm-hmm. which is sucrose uh yes so those two forms of sugar process similar similarly in our body mm-hmm. yet we're not over consuming grapes to potato <laughs> chips like we're yep. it's like we have this um idea though that processed sugar is so much worse what is like what is a processed food so a processed food is anything that essentially has some sort of chemical modification to it you know and so where you're not getting it naturally from the source and so typically any sort of packaged food especially in the frozen foods is going to be processed you know because it has something that's not going to be straight from nature itself if you will and so it's a great question saying like why if sugar is easy to consume why aren't we consuming you know more why is it easy or why is it necessarily not easy to consume a lot of like grapes or Mm -hmm. things like that that have natural sugars it's because they have other things in them you know Mm -hmm. such as fiber yes and other stuff that actually increases satiety and so wait what's what's satiety oh satiety i'm sorry i use those big words you know so satiety just means the feeling of being full or not Mm -hmm. and so if you have a lot more satiety you're going to feel full you're not going to eat as much and so Typically, if you eat foods that have more fiber in them, um, and actually the more fatty foods um, will increase your satiety, then you won't eat as much. Whereas if you eat more carbohydrates or sugars that actually have lower satiety, and that's going to actually um, prompt you to eat even more. And so when you think about processed sugars, a lot of it is, there's two things. One is that usually they're more isolated. So there's just just sugar versus Mm -hmm. like fiber and other things as well. And two, there's just much more of it. And so um, it's just easier to consume quite a bit of it per portion size versus something that that's more natural. And so, and then you said it's, it's hard too, because after, once you consume sugar, there is definitely a response in the brain of releasing dopamine and then almost like this crave for more. And that's why it's yeah. also easy to overeat. And so you could just be eating it without even realizing it. And all of a sudden you've ate more than you didn't intend to. And that's just, that happens to everybody, you know? Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So when it comes to some nutrition plans, I've seen comparisons done where folks keep calories the same, but the macronutrients differ. So mm-hmm. the carbohydrates, the fats, and the protein, those are our main carb- our main macronutrients. Mm-hmm. They manipulate and keep the calorie count the same, but the sugar and fat and protein differs per group. So one group eats a little bit more carbohydrate or more sugar. So this is where I'm getting in. What I'm getting into is like the keto diet, which is Mm. high fat, low sugar, moderate protein versus the standard American diet, which is high carbohydrates, Mm -hmm. low fat, 
people love to say low fat and then, you know, moderate amount of protein, Mm -hmm. keeping those calories the same, the groups don't really show a big difference Mm -hmm, for sure. So calories versus sugar intake. Tell me, I guess, tell me more about that. Like why, why is that a a thing? Cause when Mm -hmm. you eat keto, you're supposed to lose weight, right? Sure. Sure. And so, um, there's a big difference between weight loss and getting healthier. So just because you're losing weight doesn't mean you're getting healthier. And just because you're not losing weight doesn't mean you're getting you're not getting healthier. Mm. And so when it comes to just strictly weight loss, it's all about the calories. And so let's say if your body um, burns 2,000 calories per day and you eat 1,900 calories, you have a caloric deficit of 100 calories per day. In a, so, a certain amount of time, you'll start to lose a little bit of weight as your body starts to adjust to that new um, intake. And so when it comes to the different macronutrients, though, that's going to impact how your body metabolizes each of those macronutrients. And so having a higher fat diet actually helps you metabolize fat more efficiently. And so it allows you to potentially even metabolize fat and lose fat more efficiently. Now, having a lower carbohydrate diet can also do the same thing. And but it does it via different things, though. And so the whole the whole keto diet thing that's like really a very popular, especially the last, you know, however many years it's been, um, all that really does is controlling your insulin levels. And so when you eat a meal that has carbohydrates in it, your body instantly produces insulin and put it in the blood. What insulin does is allows carbohydrates then to be brought into your cells for either use or storage. And so it usually happens in your liver, your kidneys, or your muscles. Mm -hmm. And so what happens when insulin is released, what you do is you actually shut down fat metabolism so you don't burn any more fat or you burn less fat and then you increase carbohydrate metabolism and so if you're eating less carbohydrates you're going to have less insulin in your system which is going to essentially um create or uh, it's not going to stop the 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 production or the the breakdown of fats and so technically you're going to break down more fats for energy and such because you're using a higher energy source or you're using fats more more often because you're eating more fat there's a more there's a higher oxidation and loss of that. The, the the issue though with the keto diet is that you're putting into your body into a state of energy uh, usage that just isn't normal. And so our brain, all of our nervous system, so all our nerves and cells in our brain in particular need carbohydrates. They they don't have the the cells don't have the enzymes to break down fats. And so you have to use carbohydrates. And so if you have a low carbohydrate diet your brain essentially is not going to be get the nutrients it needs. And so what your body does instead, it creates what we call ketone bodies. And that's where the keto diet, you're mm-hmm. essentially going into ketosis, which is producing these ketone bodies, which then can, can get converted into carbohydrates in the brain, which allows you to actually use energy. And so from a physiology standpoint, that's a backup. That's not a primary source. And so the keto diet as well, it can be effective in some ways, it's just rarely a long-term solution, whereas right. like a diet should be a long-term solution. Gotcha. You know. Okay. So, what about the people that say that they feel better eating the keto diet versus like a higher carb diet? Is there, I guess, is there one plan that fits everyone? <laughs> no, certainly not. Uh, and so, and yeah, and some people may just feel better eating less carbohydrates and more fats, or depending on the protein. And that's just up to the individual person. 
that's the that's the beauty of the human body like we are so unique we have such different needs we have such different um preferences which actually come from where when we're younger we're, we're developing we develop our preferences for foods and so um yeah so feeling like feeling better for eating low carbohydrates there's nothing obviously wrong with that um i think it's just more of like a long-term issue where it's like i think you have to find your balance because some people may there's i can guarantee you there's people out there that keto diet is great for them and they can do it long term and that's awesome yeah and so i guess i'm just not saying it's it's i would say it's just not for everybody you know so well this is where i get i get on rants because people think there is one way to eat you should eat whole 30 you should eat keto you should do the atkins diet it worked for me mm-hmm. most diets excuse me all diets work but yes. they all fail Usually after three years, majority of people, and I'll have to cite this, but majority of people gain their weight back. So the best diet is adherence. Would you agree with that? 100%. They're actually, I know exactly the study you're talking about. There's a study that looked at all the different things, all the, like all the popular diets that were popular, you know, I think this is about five, six years ago. And what was the main thing that actually led to weight loss? I mean, it was like on weight loss, you know? And it was adherence to the diet. And mm-hmm. so and you're so you're right. It's like all diets work, but I think the important thing is it's not so much about weight loss. It's about being healthy mm-hmm. and finding the right diet for you that you buy into, that you love to do, you believe in, and that you think makes you feel good and empowers mm-hmm. you as a person, I think is really important. Yeah. And that doesn't mean one diet fits all. Certainly not. I think there's some general principles that apply, but it, we're just we're just such complex human beings and it's just i think it's uh it's um unfortunate that we like to put things in boxes you know too easily and so i think that we need to break out of those boxes and realize that there's so much individual differences you know and yeah so. and we all like to have this kind of reductionist thinking in our arguments sugar is the devil sugar is bad well sugar's not that bad but if you eat too much of it exactly it can lead to that and mm-hmm. you mentioned health you know the goal isn't you know, necessarily weight loss, weight gain, but it's to be healthy. Exactly. And in my mind, there are so many factors that go into health and being healthy and having good nutrition. Mm-hmm. And a lot of our health behaviors surrounding nutrition aren't just um, about calories in, calories out, but why are we over consuming calories? Mm-hmm. Being a female, this is a very, it's a very sensitive topic because mm-hmm. body image, mm-hmm. nutrition, kind of what the media shows us as the ideal body type can be very triggering to people. Mm -hmm. And the body that we're in doesn't always feel the healthiest. The mechanisms we have to cope aren't always the healthiest. And food just happens to be one of those things that is like religion to people Mm -hmm. and is also a bad trigger for people. So Mm -hmm. talk a little bit about that. I know we've, we, you and I talk in the hallways often about, (laughs) Um, just everything that surrounds nutrition. You also work with male and female athletes Mm -hmm. in a sport, track and field, that is very, you have to be at your peak performance Mm -hmm. to get the best time, to jump the highest, to throw the farthest. Mm -hmm. So your body has to be firing optimally and nutrition is such a huge role in that. Mm -hmm. So there can be, I think, a really bad relationship there as well. Or good, you know, good nourishment, but... Totally. Um, obviously, yeah, complex topic, you know, but just I think two big things I want to touch on. The first one is that kind of we talking about body weight and how I think we're so obsessed with body weight and realizing that 
body weight changes, you know, like your body weight when you're 15 years old is going to be different when you're 25 versus 35 versus 45 versus 85. And that's okay. And so it's okay if it's different because you go through different phases of life, you know? And so for example, in females, right, you go through the menopause thing, right? And so that changes, like the hormones change. You're, you're just, you're just a different, like you're, your biological or your physiological and biological profile is just going to be a little bit different because of the different hormones. And so mm-hmm. it's just, I think it's unfair to compare yourself, you know, mm-hmm. to like a younger version of yourself to an older version. I think you just, you may be too hard on yourself or people, maybe some people could be yeah. too hard on themselves for that. And I just would hope that to leave the burden from that, just saying it's just every season of life, you can be a different, it can look differently, you know? And that's why I think healthy is most important because what's healthy for you right now? And that mm-hmm. could just look different, you know? That's great. Yeah. One of my big goals for this time together is to empower people not only with, you know, knowledge, myth busting, but to show them that they're in control of their health. Totally. That can also have some shame around it, though, because mm-hmm. if I say your life, your health is your responsibility, mm-hmm. you're in charge, there's this piece of, well, if I'm not eating well, mm-hmm. it's my fault. Totally. And I'm a bad person yeah. and I'm not healthy. Mm-hmm. So, Part of what I want to get into here is let's empower people with tools and knowledge to choose better foods, but also if there is shame, if there is mm. kind of a psychological or even a um, an emotional tie to this topic, that you can get help and you can get resources. And there are some tools that I think we'll get into as we go, but uh, I think it's a very powerful tool or um, rather thing that you mentioned is that your body is different mm-hmm. in different stages of your life and to have grace for that. It's mm-hmm. really hard to do. Totally. And that kind of leads to what you just said, leads into what I was actually, the second thing I was going to talk about was just how we just interact with food, you know, in our choices. And so I think too much that we, we and there is, I don't, I don't want to take away that there is no personal choice for sure. You know, there is a little bit of that involved, but there is a much bigger factor at play and that's our environments. Mm. And so when you think about people that that grow up in different areas and so i mentioned we've we've talked about how um the there's an inverse relationship between socioeconomic class and um health outcomes such as obesity Mm -hmm. which means like the lower you are of socioeconomic class the higher obesity rates you see and then vice versa and so when you think about the the resources or just the the environment in which each of those people are involved it's it's hard for them to make or I should say let's say let's go with people that let's say are lower socioeconomic status and that have a little the higher rates of obesity it's harder for them to make decisions that maybe be would be we consider more healthy eat healthier foods because healthier foods are more expensive and they yeah. may not live in a neighborhood that has a nice whole foods or fred meyer that has actually fresh fruits and vegetables they may just be surrounded by thing places or markets that just don't really have healthy choices and and that are not very expensive mm-hmm. and so what you what would you expect them to make right obviously they're going to make that choice and if i think if we're all honest with ourselves we put ourselves in that situation we probably make it too yes i think that develops a little bit of empathy where it's like it's not all our choices you know it's really what we're around and like how and then what and unfortunately a lot of that's out of our control mm-hmm. and then when it comes to how we interact with food um a lot of it come, can come especially the overeating part you know that's easy to do and to be honest it's not really in our control mm-hmm. because it's more of our it's more of our psychological profile and so when you think about 
um, psychological trauma that happens when, you know, you're younger and you don't really remember it as an adult, but your body still remembers it. Mm. And what happens is if you actually get a stimulus, right, that triggers something inside you that puts you back to where you were six years old or whatever it was, seven mm-hmm. years old when it happens, mm-hmm. you essentially go back there. And if you haven't, let's say, had therapy or if you haven't actually, if you don't know what that is, if you just haven't been trained at all or if you don't have any resources to understand that, which a lot of people don't, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um you go back there and you're going to want to remove that seemingly. You're, you're going to want to cope with that in some mm-hmm. way. And just people cope differently. You know, that's yeah. where substance abuse comes into play. That's also where potentially other people, you know, just really just can abuse anything. You know, you binge watching TV, you mm-hmm. know, um, there's lots of different things to do. And just unfortunately, one of the easier ones to do is food, mm-hmm. especially as children. We associate a lot of things with food, right? Oh, yeah. And rewards like, oh, yeah, when I was good or this, I got like sugar or candy. So then we go back to those 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 things that make us feel better, you know, mm-hmm. and sugar is just one thing that just makes us feel better with the whole dopamine thing yeah. we talked about earlier. And so that's just one way of coping. Yeah. And it's hard because what else are you supposed to do unless you have the tools to actually then okay, look, I'm having a trigger, right? I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to think about this. I'm not going to let my emotions take over and me just, you know, and what happens is if you, you can do that, amazingly, those cravings go away. It's, it's, it's really, really crazy. What's also interesting. I was watching this uh, documentary called Stutz on Netflix. It's spelled S T U T Z Jonah Hill, one of the mm-hmm. actors in, you know, famous Hollywood movies, <laughs> yep. it's his therapist. And they had a conversation or an interaction on that documentary. I highly recommend it. He gives a lot of really great psychological tools, but to Jonah Hill, exercise and eating well were always were always helpful for his body image and his appearance. They were never used as tools mm. for mental health. Mm. They were never seen as tools to to take care of and and love your body. It was more a shame-based tool of mm. you're overweight, you're obese, you need to exercise to mm. lose weight. You need to diet to mm. lose weight. And that's interesting because females, I feel like our culture gives us this image of you need to look like this. Mm-hmm. If you don't fit into that cookie cutter, pretty like european female like thin tall Mm -hmm. image you are are seen as less than and Mm -hmm. food and exercise are ways to get that ideal body but if it's a punishment Mm. you don't have a good relationship so it's really interesting Mm -hmm. abuse aside it's the maybe it is emotional abuse Mm -hmm. but if you're looking at relationships with food as a negative when you look at exercise as a negative the the uh, willingness you have to to do a good job is it's really hard because it's trauma for you it's like i want to avoid Mm -hmm. that part of my life so what i want to encourage is eating foods that support your body and giving some tools of you know find things that you like find things Mm -hmm. that make your body feel really good Mm -hmm. and yes the sugar does help you feel good long term but when you switch to eating a more whole single ingredient good nutrition diet Mm -hmm your your body actually feels amazing the mental clarity is amazing Mm -hmm. um the body composition is an added bonus but i think Mm -hmm. the way that you feel is should be the driving factor totally and that's um yeah i love it all what you said and i think it's it's almost just sad i think we've created a lot of problems with the shaming of like oh you should do this should be that 
instead of just focusing on the health, you know, mm-hmm. because really, if you focus on the health, the the weight in the body composition really doesn't matter. Right. Because some people are going to be healthy at a heavier weight than other people. Mm-hmm. And that's OK. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. And we don't have to say you have to be a certain weight if you're this tall or right. else you're unhealthy. And it's just that's just that's not helpful. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, talking about how it's important to interact um, with food, you know, appropriately. Yeah. Um, and having just some general principles that we look at instead of just thinking that you have to do this or you have to do that um, is really important. Hit us with some of those general principles. I'm curious what yours are <laughs> when, when it comes to whether it's advice you give your athletes on recovery and mm. nourishing your body to perform at peak levels or things that you adhere to or loved ones that are asking you for help. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I think the biggest one, it sounds simple, and it is, is that I think our, our society is chronically over or dehydrated. Mm. Uh, I don't think we drink enough water. Um, and uh, I know we don't drink enough water, actually, <laughs> because I've talked to people, and I know that they that's one of the things that we always say. Like, we're recommendations of how many, you know, I think it's like 80 ounces uh, mm-hmm. of water a day. Uh, it also depends on, you know, how your size and how big you are, um, more or less. But I think that that's that's big time, and mm-hmm. I think also that um, we we also kind of consume different other types of drinks and such that just include a lot of calories, and usually mm-hmm. those calories are in the form of of added sugars, you know. Yeah. And so it's really easy to uh, drink, let's say, any sort of coffee or tea or any sort of like soft drink um, that you know tastes good, and, and but it definitely is loaded with calories, and it doesn't really actually hydrate you at all. Got it. And so, Sometimes it can dehydrate you. And actually, and exactly. Especially if they're diuretics a diuretics. lot of the time. And so if it has caffeine, caffeine's a diuretic. So citrus, citrus, tomato. Yeah, yeah. There's a few others. Carbonated beverage. Carbonated, yeah, for sure. So carbonated water actually makes you go to the restroom more. It, it irritates, yeah. Irritates yeah, the bladder. The bladder, yep. Um, that's true. So, um, so yeah, so I think that's – so one of the big things that I, I recommend to people when they say, hey, how can I eat healthier? It's like, hey, just one – number one, drink more water. And if you can, drink only water. I'm not trying to say that I'm not trying to say I know things are bad, like coffee's bad. No, there's 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 a whole different conversation with any mm-hmm. of that stuff too. It's more just saying that if you can drink water instead of something that has calories in it, you know, then you should do it, you know. And just try to like maybe carry water ball it around and then make sure that anytime you think about water or think about drinking or during your lunch hour or anything like that, just make sure you're drinking more water. And mm-hmm. so I think that's a very simple, not always, it's not always easy, mm-hmm. but if you get into the habit of doing it, I think it be- becomes pretty powerful and really help. help. Great. Love that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the second thing I would say is just really you got to eat more fruits and vegetables, you know, because mm-hmm. not only are those where you find the the type of, because they can be very satisfying with like the, the natural sugars in, in there as well. I know that um, that's helpful for a lot of people. And they also are, that's where you get most of your vitamins and minerals, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so even if you have specific diets where maybe um, you're trying to get more different types of vitamins or calcium or iron and things like that, the beauty is like that you can still do that if you're not, let's say you're not eating animal products, you know, or if you're not eating meat or things like that. And so mm-hmm. I like meat. Yeah. I eat it every day. <laughs> Which is Helps totally me feel fun. more full. And, and actually yeah. one thing that does have a lot of nutrients are animal organs. It's I true. know that's not liver. everybody's favorite, but yep. liver is in my weekly rotation. Yeah, Whether I, you cook it, mm-hmm. I know some people dry it and put it in capsules and <laughs> if they can't stomach it and a lot of people have bad 
bad memories with liver, but the yeah. nutrient profile is it's huge. Yeah. And your liver, like liver. Yeah. If you, you look at your, the physiology of the liver is just, it's an unbelievable organ. So yeah. So you're going to get everything you you could get probably out of that. And so, but yeah, so like just the fruits and vegetables is, is super important. I know that um, fresh fruits and vegetables sometimes are hard to come by for some people. Mm-hmm. They're expensive, you know. And so, um, so frozen stuff. Um, although I would say if you have a choice and you're able to do more fresh, I would choose fresh. Mm-hmm. But the frozen stuff, there's actually been a little bit of research look at the, looking at the different uh, nutritional profiles, and they haven't found much of a difference. And okay. so especially if you're on a budget and you think, hey, the frozen stuff is just less expensive. Mm-hmm. I can throw it in a smoothie or I can just put it in like a stir fry mm-hmm. and I make it really easy, easier than I, if, I, if I have to think about buying all these, you know, fresh vegetables, which are harder to come by. And so it's like, mm-hmm. that's, yeah, so you can definitely do one or the other. And then I think um, the the third main concept I would say is just, just to eat less processed stuff. And so mm-hmm. And um, you know what processed food is typically because it's on the inside of your grocery stores, you know. Yeah. So most things that are on the inside aisles that have the, and the, anything that's in a package is mm-hmm. most likely going to be processed. Not always, but a lot of times it will be. And so a lot of the more fresher things that aren't processed are going to be on the outsides of the store, you know, whereas yeah. the inside things. And so it's just easy to do it, though, when you think about all the the prepackaged meals or just the the you know, the snacks or the mm-hmm. treats or things like that, that, um, yeah, unfortunately, that's just, um, the way it is. So. Yeah. So I guess I would like to offer to some encouragement for people in the, in the form of like recipes that you enjoy mm-hmm. for me, if I have to cook longer than 15 to 30 minutes, I'm out. Like mm-hmm. that's way too much time to mm-hmm. spend in the kitchen for me. Um, I have a two and a half year old. I have a full time <laughs> yeah. job. I have. It's just hard to yeah. prep food. So I'm a big meal prep person totally. on the weekends or middle of the week. We kind of have our schedule of we have this big sheet pan of veggies. We yep. put them in the oven. We put our protein source or maybe um, vegetarian source in the crock pot or the mm-hmm. instant pot. Yep. And I let things cook without me. Exactly. <laughs> so no, that's, great. that's something for me that, you know, you get a sheet pan of sweet potatoes, Brussels sprouts, broccoli, carrots, whatever mm-hmm. veggies you like, mm-hmm. put them in the oven at, you know, 425 for 20, 30 minutes. And then you have your protein source put alongside of that. Mm-hmm. And maybe you do a whole grain like rice or quinoa if you like it. We don't totally. do it constantly, but yeah, yeah. Or an avocado because that's oh, good fat. Totally, yeah. And so, um, so yeah, I'll, I'll share my, my little secret of what I do. <laughs> share your, spill your secrets. Uh, it's so boring. Uh, everyone makes fun. I always tell people it's... Uh, I'm boring too. It's fine. You just heard mine. <laughs> I know. Well, it's like I, I call it stir fry just because I don't know what else to call it. And so what I do is essentially I just cook a bunch of vegetables in a cast iron. Mm-hmm. And then I put some avocado on top with a little bit of salt and I call that a meal, you know. And so um, it takes me about 30 to 40 minutes to cook it, you know. And so mostly because I'll cook some sweet potatoes. Um, it takes a while to cook So that those. takes a little bit longer, you know. Um, and then I'll cook uh, usually some some broccoli or some, uh, can be some cauliflower, but peppers, onions. I'll put some like greens in there, mm-hmm. kale, spinach. And uh, yeah, and then a little bit of like uh, fresh garlic, you know. I just, uh, yeah the nutrition style that you have, the food choices that you like, if you are eating a good amount for your body, I mean, one of the big principles in Japan is stop eating when you're 80% full. The Okinawans Mm, who are one of the longest living cultures, stop eating when you're 80% full and eat 
good food. I mean, eat yeah. foods that are single ingredient, don't have to advertise their benefit as much exactly. as you can. But yeah. um, again, it's whatever works for you. No totally. shame. Yeah. So I actually, you know, I'm, I've eaten the same lunch the last like 15 years, you know, since I graduated college. I added hummus like a few, several years ago. But anyway. You make good hummus though. Oh, thank you. I yeah. appreciate yeah. that. I've had good reviews. <laughs> So then just a couple other things to kind of, um, I like suggestions. Uh, I always promote buckwheat. Um, mm. Buckwheat yeah. is, it's it's a non-grain um, uh, plant. It's it's interesting. It's called buckwheat. But it's not associated with wheat. Um, the closest I can think of or I can come to is kind of like a rice texture a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a complete protein. And so um, you can use it as a rice. So actually, I like to eat it for breakfast and I'll throw some berries and some granola in it and stuff like that. So chia seeds, flax seeds, you know. Um, and so buckwheat, I think, is just a really, really um, great source uh, of, um, of just nutrients, you know. Super appreciate your time, yeah. your physiology background, your nutritional tips. I think we've given people some great resources. Are there any other resources that you would direct people to based on your own research and exploration um when it comes to nutrition itself um i to be honest i would say getting in touch with your inner child Mm, (laughs) it it sounds really weird but it's like i think the more you're in touch with your inner child which is your feelings the more you actually understand your eating patterns, especially mm. the ones that potentially can be unhealthy. Yeah. And so as much as like you can read this or that, where it's like, I actually think just being more self-aware yeah. of like, oh, like what am I feeling and why am I feeling it? And why do I want to go grab that, you know, what right. X, Y, or Z, whatever it is. And why do I want to, why do I want to cope with this using food, you know, yeah. as it, that a lot of us do. Um, so whatever that looks like for you, you know, mm-hmm. um, I've benefited from therapy, you know, and I've really, I've really appreciated how much I've grown in that. Yeah. And so I always encourage people if they get a chance to, yeah, um, they should do that. And I know that's not always accessible to everybody. And so, um, I don't know, can I put a plug for another podcast? Is yeah, that like, do. okay. Yeah. All right. So I tell everybody about this. Uh, it's called The Adult Chair. You told me about it. Have too. I told you? Yes, <laughs> yeah, I've told I it, all my it. friends. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So Michelle Chalfont is a psychologist and she essentially goes through, all the different like the different persons within you, such as the, the you have your child, you have your adolescent, you're an adult, and it really is great. And she talks about food, she talks about other like addiction and other things, like and, and raising kids and like and yeah. and all sorts of such. It's just it's a wonderful thing. It's changed my life, um, and just I would highly recommend it to anybody. I, love that. I really would. And uh, start from the first episode and. The, if you take it to heart and you really just dig in and and think of, try to apply it to your life, um, I think you'll find it'll make you more healthier psychologically, mm-hmm. which is going to benefit everything else. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Haberly, for sharing <laughs> with us. Um, I'm going to take some of your tips away as well, but I uh, appreciate it and mm-hmm. hope to have you back on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure, as mm-hmm. always, and hope to be back. Thanks. This video podcast is a production of George Fox Digital. To find more material like this, you can subscribe to George Fox Talks on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Our team really appreciates your feedback in the form of likes, comments, and reviews, and we'd really love to hear what you think. To sign up for our weekly email list and to keep up to date with the latest episodes and publications, you can check us out on the web at georgefox.edu talks. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.